The Bucks might have played with their food just a little bit in Orlando tonight, but ultimately they were able to push through and get a 109-102 victory just at the stock standard, 34-point performance from Giannis in this game. Brooke Lopez missed his first game of the season, which was just bizarre not to see him on the floor. But once again, the Bucks proved that experience and depth matters. And Chris Middleton played his second game of the season. Maybe not his best game, but his second game. And he's healthy out on the floor. So there's plenty to discuss in this live podcast. Let's get started. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. We also occasionally, we're throwing out their weekend pods on an, on rare occasions as well. So there's plenty of content coming at Locked On Bucks. If you are new to the show, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every single day. And tonight we're feeling good because the Bucks, as I mentioned, perhaps played with their food just a little bit in this game. It was kind of a strange beginning, but ultimately... They were basically able to cruise to a win, 109 to 102. Giannis, 34 points, 13 rebounds, uh, five assists, a couple of monster blocks in this game as well. So in the end, all's well, it ends well, particularly on the road. Funny stuff can happen. But I want to talk about the performance of Giannis in this game. I want to talk about the second performance for Chris Middleton. He wasn't able to buy a bucket tonight. And then we also want to give some praise to Mamu, and A.J. Green. A.J. Green, a guy that we've been you know, speculating why. Maybe he was the guy that they gave the two-way. Didn't necessarily see him playing you know, any minutes or maybe real minutes this season. But uh, he was pretty good tonight. And we absolutely appreciate that. But let's start with Giannis. And we've got our first uh, comment here in the stream comments. If you're joining us live, we absolutely appreciate it. Uh, GM says, I got to catch one live. He loves listening to them at work. What do you think of Giannis seemingly hunting the 30? So it's interesting because I look at this game tonight for Giannis and he was 12 for 21 from the field. Hit a couple of threes. But I thought this was a pretty controlled game from Giannis overall to get the 34 points because we've seen this from time to time that uh, Giannis might go into facilitator mode. He might go into assist mode. But then ultimately, when you're playing a really, really young team, which the Orlando Magic are, you ultimately know that he's got the strength, he's got the physicality to simply overwhelm the opposition if he absolutely needs to. I thought he started pretty rough in this game. He fumbled a couple of rebounds. There was a couple of weird turnovers right across the board. It looked like the Bucs had sleptwalked their way into Orlando. Maybe they got a little bit too much sun yesterday. Maybe they have been at Disney with Brooke Lopez, who suspiciously did not play tonight due to rest. So I just thought that maybe they were just a little bit out of sorts, perhaps didn't come into this game as sharp as they needed to be. But then Giannis started knocking down a couple of those jump shots. And in the fourth quarter, 
I mentioned the fact that I thought the Bucks were playing with their food because I thought that they were just jacking up threes, consistently jacking up threes. And a lot of it was Giannis, well, I'll walk the ball up the floor. I know we're playing a young team. I know they're probably going to overcommit to defending me as I try and get downhill. I can kick it out to whoever's out there and we'll get a pretty decent look. But the Bucks weren't really hitting them. 32% on the night, 13 for 40 from three-point land. That 40 attempts is a pretty high number for the Bucks this season. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton combined for one for 13 from three on the night. But then when it looked like the Magic were potentially going to threaten this game just a little bit, Giannis said, all right, enough's enough. We're not losing this game. We're going to pick up a valuable win. We're going to improve to 17 and 6 in the season. And I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to score at the basket through anyone in front of me. Mo Wagner, get out of the way. And then his physicality was able to take over. So you know, is Giannis in preservation mode with his body a little bit this season? I think it's it's possibly the case. I think he also just likes to experiment a little in games. And I thought that he was doing that tonight. But when it came down to the point that he's like, okay, let's finish this game. Let's win this game. He did it. He closed out the Magic. I think he had nine points in the fourth quarter there. And he was able to get to the line and finish at the rim. And overall, again, a pretty damn good night for Giannis. Now, we did see another 10-second violation. I discussed this the other night on the show. To me... I don't care if they call the 10-second violation because, let's face it, if he's taken longer than 10 seconds, you've got to be a little bit faster. That's the reality. I think we all would prefer if it was a little bit faster just for the length of games. But tonight, he shot the ball really well from the free throw line. Despite the fact that he did get called for that 10-second violation, I just don't understand why they do it randomly out of the blue in different scenarios rather than calling it from the first free throw of the game. Now, maybe during the night, the officials are going up to Giannis and saying, hey, this is a warning. Speed it up or else we're going to give you the violation. But doing it this early in the season, I'm totally fine with it because the last thing I want is to get through this entire season and then you get to the postseason and all of a sudden, they start randomly calling something that they haven't called all season long, which is what we saw during 2021 now. It's fair to say things worked out okay if you look at game six of the NBA finals. Uh, but I didn't have a problem. And tonight, uh, eight for 11 from the free throw line. And look, I reckon Giannis is a pretty stubborn guy. I think that we can say that. And I think part of this is also him saying, hey, I'm the two-time MVP. This is what I want to do. I'm getting my extra rest at the free throw line. You want to give me the odd 10-second violation? Go ahead. I don't think that he's going to to change, put it that way. But we'll see. Either way, it is noteworthy uh, that uh, he did get called for another 10 seconds tonight. Robbie H says, finally caught you live. Thanks for the extra bucks coverage. So this is something I've been trying here the last few weeks with these live podcasts. It's fun to just jump on post-game. Typically, the fans are pretty fired up, and we get to have some fun on here. James Young says, uh, sorry, Jordan Young says, Brooke was spotted on Splash Mountain. I am genuinely suspicious. And Nick Monroe, who is a friend of mine and does just absolutely outstanding work with the Bucks when it comes to the content side of things, I secretly hope that Brooke Lopez has been getting up to absolutely no good at Disneyland over the last couple of days and we've got some content coming, but we will sit and wait for that. 
So we've got through Giannis. We've got through the weird start to this game. But now let's look at some of the other guys because, as we mentioned, there was no Brook, and this is a significantly weird scenario for this season because uh, Brook has played every single game. So let's talk more about some of the other guys that perhaps don't get as much shine on this podcast on any given night after we talk about prize picks, uh, which you guys know all about prize picks if you're a regular listener to this show. But if you aren't aware, prize picks is pretty simple. You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, all the college sports. Keep going down the list. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy and it is safe and fast and currently operational in 30 states and Canada as well. So download the Price Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. With the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you 100. Deposit 50, they'll give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks at prizepicks.com. Uh, also, don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as well. Uh, Peter Bukowski will have you covered there uh, with everything else that's going on in the world of sports, World Cup, NFL, all those kinds of things, and just some of the absolute insanity going on around the NBA we're seeing tonight. Looks like the Dallas Mavericks giving the Phoenix Suns an old-fashioned beatdown, which is noteworthy for the Bucks. They now will go home. They'll play the beam team, the Sacramento Kings, also playing good basketball. That could be a fun match. Matthew Dallavadova revenge game. Anyone expecting that to be the case? And then two nights later, uh, they'll go to Dallas. Uh, so they will uh, they will obviously have a big matchup there. Now, Robbie says, remind the people to turn on notifications for live videos. That, that way, YouTube will let them know when you go live. Subscribing automatically doesn't do this. So we appreciate everyone that subscribes to Locked On Bucks, but it's just a valuable point that Robbie makes. Make sure you turn on the notifications. So if you're sitting on the couch and you're at night, maybe you're having a beer, maybe you're having a cup of tea, you don't know what you're doing, you get the notification, bang, uh, jump in and have some fun on this podcast. Let's talk about two guys that we don't talk about a lot on this show. Lucas Jones. I loved the minutes tonight from Green and Mamu. So Mamu Kalashvili, if we start there, it's been interesting that he's been a guy that, you know, for obvious reasons to me. I think there are a lot of fans that love uh, what he brings to the table, but it's just he's squeezed out with Brooke Lopez playing, probably with Serge Ibaka there, although, you know, I could see a reason why Mamu might get some minutes ahead of Serge, depending on what you're after defensively. But tonight he got his opportunity, and he's just a unique player. He finishes... By playing 23 minutes, three for five from the field, knocked down a couple of threes. He's a good offensive rebounder. He's got a good nose for the ball, six rebounds, two of them on the offensive glass, and a couple assists as well, including a nice little wraparound pass to Giannis for the dunk. I just think he's a smart basketball player. Now, is he ever going to be a guy that you can rely on defensively at the NBA? I don't know, because he's not you know, an above average athlete by NBA standards. 
but he just does a little bit of everything that you love on the offensive end with his ability to facilitate, to handle the ball a little bit for a big man. He's not going to be running the point, but he's a skilled, skilled player. And the jump shot has actually looked pretty reasonable at the NBA level. So Mamu, we love when he gets some minutes and tonight he was able to step in. Those minutes are probably evaporated as soon as Brook Lopez comes back uh, for this team. But nonetheless, for the most part, Mamu continues to produce when he gets his opportunity. And AJ Green. Now, those that have listened to this podcast regularly will know that myself and Frank Madden, and by the way, uh, shout out to Frank Madden, who moved house today. He doesn't have his internet hooked up, so he couldn't jump on this post-game pod as he usually does. But moving, not a fun job for anyone. So hopefully it went well for the Maddens. But AJ Green is someone that myself and Frank, probably through the preseason and early parts of the season, have just wondered, with all those injuries that the Bucs had, it still didn't really seem like a priority to get AJ Green any minutes. He did, obviously. I think he broke his nose earlier in the season as well. But we kind of just looked at him and said, well... He can shoot the ball, but does he really do anything else? We saw in the game against Oklahoma City, he had a really brutal stretch to start that game. Doesn't necessarily handle a lot of pressure while when he has the ball in hand. Now, can he develop? Of course he can. He's a young player, brand new in the NBA. So it's not to be overly harsh, but with those two-way spots, I think for the most part, I'm sort of curious in guys like Mamu that can do multiple different things in the basketball court with some real upside. I'm still not 100% sure there is huge upside there with AJ Green. I mean, there is plenty of guys that are knockdown shooters that haven't necessarily been able to uh, force their way into the NBA. Sam Merrill, one of those guys that we saw here at the Bucs. Matt Thomas, I think, is someone that Frank mentions a number of times. But credit where credit's due. Tonight, in a game, again, where I didn't think the Bucs were at their absolute best, AJ Green came in, and if he's going to play... He did exactly what you want to see from him. He knocked down shots, 12 points in 10 minutes as Q points out at three or five from behind the arc. He was even shooting a technical free throw out there. It's a unique shooting style that AJ Green has. I will say that. And I don't envisage that there is there is any real chance that he becomes a rotation player uh, this season. But on rare nights through the season where there's a bunch of guys out and maybe, maybe you are playing your third game in four nights as the Bucs were here tonight, it's fun to see him out there and produce and and knock down some shots because, as I said, he has had some some difficult moments in his limited minutes so far this season. So I'm sure that he would have enjoyed that tonight. Now, Q says maybe we don't need Grayson Allen. Uh, Let's cool the Jets on that one. I I don't think anyone – I'm not sure anyone is is looking at AJ Green and saying that he is – someone that would replace what Grayson brings to the table. I think Grayson certainly as an offensive player right now for a team looking to win a title this year is is more dynamic uh, as an offensive player. And they would have to ultimately put AJ Green onto the main roster for postseason stuff anyway, which is what we saw with Mamu last year, who had a front row seat to a playoff run in casual clothes, sitting on the bench. John Polaris says, could Green's upside be shooting in practice, change the defensive scheme, closing out on... On shooters, that I tell you what, that is an alternative view from John here. That is not something that I would have even thought about. But certainly, I mean, you look at what the Bucks are doing defensively this year and trying to guard shooters, having more threats on the roster, I think overall would be nice. Uh, Orlando Magic, not a 
high volume three point shooting team. But just on that point from John tonight, eight for 32, just 25%. Uh, so that's probably a number that the Bucks would feel good about defensively. And the points in the paint, perhaps not surprisingly, because of the absence of Brooke Lopez, I don't think anyone thinks, you know, your Bobby Portis or your Mamu Kalashvili are guys that are going to be able to protect the rim to the level that Brooke Lopez does. The Bucks outscored in the paint, 38 to 46 tonight. And the other number that you're probably not thrilled about if you're Mike Budenholzer, was just the turnovers. And and like I said, it was pretty scrappy to start this game for Milwaukee, but they finished the night with 17 turnovers, 10 of them between Giannis and Drew Holiday. Drew had six in this game. Now, he did have 10 assists and was two rebounds off a triple-double, but we do see that at times with this Bucks team. They can get a little bit sloppy with the ball. There's no doubt about that, but... I mentioned Bobby Portis and what you lose a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, you get with offensive productions. We've discussed a little bit that his three-point shooting has not been where it has been in previous years, certainly not in the mid to high 40s, which was that insane mark that he was at last season. But tonight, again, as I mentioned with Giannis, it felt like a night where the Bucks could say, well, we're just going to pound the ball down low. We're going to score at the rim. We're going to score in the paint. And Bobby Portis finished the night 7 for 10 on two-point attempts. Giannis was 10 for 17 on two-point attempts. So he didn't need to shoot the three. But what he did do was collect yet another double-double. Bobby Portis, 18 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, and he just continues to be an absolute machine when it comes to stuff in the stat sheet in limited minutes because he only played 27 tonight. Let's talk about Chris Middleton up next on this podcast. Not the best night for Chris. Game two for Chris Middleton since he returned to the lineup. 26 minutes. So this is two games now that he's played. And I know that Bud has kind of referenced that they might try and ease him back into the lineup. But uh, certainly to this point, his minute totals have been up. He was sensational against the Lakers. And I mentioned on the weekend podcast that I did, that I was surprised at how great Chris Middleton looked, how smooth that jump shot looked and then you look at tonight and there was the rust that we expected to be there against the Lakers and maybe he was just all juiced up national TV in front of home fans playing against the Lakers in a game that was up and down high tempo people making shots all over the place and sometimes you hear players say that game two is when you actually feel this rust first time going on the road to play obviously for a long time but one for 11 from the field at 0 for 7 from three for Chris He did get to the free throw line and knock down three or four of those, but uh, just an extremely rusty night for Chris Middleton. And a lot of the shots looked pretty good, to be honest. Missed a couple of shots at the rim. A couple of jump shots rattled in and out. So it's uh, overall a tough night for Chris, but I'll just keep saying it. I'm just thrilled seeing him out on the floor and playing back with this Bucks team because they obviously desperately need him. Jeez, we've got some Giannis negativity in the comments here. Giannis is a turnover machine. Expect him to throw away the ball three times, get stripped three times, and miss three three three-pointers. Well, look, that is disappointing. I guess we'll just have to live with the fact that he'll also put in 35 points 
grab 14 rebounds and dish out five assists and be the best basketball player in the world. Lucas Jones asked, do you think Giannis will get nine 30-point games in a row? Well, they're playing the Sacramento Kings, and if you've been paying attention to the old beam team from uh, California, uh, you would know that this is a team that likes to score a lot. This is not a team that likes to defend. So, yes, I would suspect that Giannis will collect his ninth straight 30-point game. I was wondering if they had to reset that uh, that streak because he missed the game in Oklahoma, but I guess that's not factual. Nine straight games or eight straight games now that he's played in, not eight straight overall. I'm not sure where that sits in the record. I think Kareem had a record with the 30-plus games um, there, but we will see uh, what happens there. Q says, I bet Bobby is sore and tired. Bobby and Ben Kero were grappling all night. The rookie can hold his own. Magic could be good, especially with another lottery pick this year. Hammond can draft talent. I tell you what Hammond can do. He can draft tall, lanky, long centers, but Bancaro looks like a, a pretty safe bet. It was my first real close look at Bancaro this year, and I don't think it was a huge surprise that physicality, not that he was shying away from the physicality, but he found it difficult to finish whether it was over Bobby Portis or over Giannis in this game. He did go to the free throw line for 15 free throw attempts. So I think if you looked at this at the start of the night and you're an Orlando Magic fan, if someone told you that Bancaro was going to have more free throws than Giannis in this game, it would probably be a pretty surprising stat. But that was the case. So yeah, struggled for efficiency. But overall, 20 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. He's a pretty awesome rookie for this Orlando team. They didn't have Wendell Carter Jr. playing in this game as well, so they were missing a big man. But they did have the Wagner brothers. And as it gets pointed out by Kendrick in the stream comments, does Mo Wagner hate GA or just hyping himself up to play the best? Well, they've got a bit of history. We know Giannis headbutted Mo Wagner back in the bubble. And so I think there's a, a genuine enough uh, dislike for each other from a competitive standpoint. Uh, there's a few guys like that for Giannis. He's got a few guys that he genuinely uh, likes to to go at. And we saw that play late in the game where Giannis put the ball on the floor, drove hard to the basket, and Mo Wagner stood in front of him. He was carrying on. He wanted the charge call, and he got it. The play went to review, and it was overturned. And Giannis essentially was able to ice the game at the free throw line there. So, yeah, I think he's one of Giannis's Weird because he's not a great player in the NBA. And weird rivals that he has. But, you know, it's got to be a shame now for Orlando Magic fans because they know that Giannis is going to bring it on a nightly basis against the Orlando Magic. All right, as I've mentioned, the Sacramento Kings up next and then Dallas. The Bucks now 17-6 and six on the season. And I've said this all year long, but when you talk about some of the injuries the Bucs have had, the unavailability tonight. There was no Brooke Lopez, no Grayson Allen. Wesley Matthews didn't even need to touch the floor. You have to love the depth of this team. Boston picked up a, a pretty handy win tonight, but you know, overall, the Bucs are cruising. And we got some you know, mixed feedback from our podcast yesterday discussing the idea of load management. But I think overall, probably the majority of fans are happy with the way the Bucs are managing this season, happy with the way the Bucs are managing their players, keeping them healthy and understanding that as long as you're within a few games of that one seed, you put yourself in a position later in the season to decide your own fate. And I think ultimately 
the start of this season, even though it was home heavy, even though the Bucs on the schedule were playing a lot of teams that we didn't expect to be in the postseason, you still got to win those games. And I think given where the health has been, they've done a perfect job of managing this team. And as we discussed on that podcast, I don't think there's a huge reason to be concerned about Brook Lopez and the way he's being managed because this team just simply does not take risks. And when you can go to Orlando and you have a your, your top three, you expect to win because you can rely on the role players like Mamu. And even you get nice little contributions from AJ Green tonight who came in and played, which meant that Wesley Matthews didn't have to play. So the Bucs are doing a superb job looking after their players. They're 17 and six on the season, still on 60 win pace for the season. And uh, you've got to be pretty happy about that if you're a Bucks fan. Before I wrap this up, we did have a comment as I figure out where I'm pointing about this poster behind me. This is Giannis dunking on Chris Paul, which I'm sure most of our listeners and viewers absolutely already understood from the NBA Finals. Uh, but it is a very cool poster. We've got a Giannis little frame thing up the top. They're holding the NBA uh, title. So this is what you get. You jump on YouTube, you see where I'm I'm doing these podcasts. So as I said, make sure you subscribe. And also make sure you listen to the Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski. He'll run through all the sports across the world and keep you up to date with everything you need to know with the news and analysis and the experts that can bring you all the info. Let's wrap up this post-game podcast here. One last question. You want Mamu or Bol Bol for the rest of their careers? I'd take Bol. Uh, what I will say, he's a fun player to watch. He had one play tonight where he's dribbling and crossover and then the crap out of one of the Bucks defenders uh, wasn't able to finish at the rim, but he's cool. Imagine if you had Bol Bol and Giannis playing in the same lineup. There would be um, some pretty fun plays, I would have to imagine. He's really cool, and I'm glad to see that it's starting to work out a little bit for him in Orlando because uh, he is one of those players that I think the most part you want to see play well and you want to see have success, obviously, um, with the history uh, that is there. All right, let's wrap it up. We won't podcast tomorrow. I have to let you know. I'm caught up with a bunch of different stuff. I do work uh, with ESPN over here in Australia and where I'm, I'm doing it like a 2K shoot tomorrow. There's a bunch of players playing NBA 2K. I'm sure there's, there's heaps of 2K fans that are listening to this podcast, but... Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I don't know whether it's commentating, interviewing. Anyway, talking to a bunch of players over here in Australia playing 2K. So that's what my day is going to be spent. But we will be back, guaranteed, lock it in, post-game podcast after the Bucks play the Sacramento Kings and hopefully move to 18 and 6 on the season. Shout out to everyone that joined us live on this podcast. If you didn't, turn the notifications on. And next time we go live, you can jump in because it's a whole lot of fun. But we'll leave it there. Enjoy the rest of your night or your day, wherever you are in the world. We'll catch you after the Kings game.